welcome your presence here. Lord, we're here to worship you. You are not a baby in a manger. You are not on the cross. You are not in the grave. Amen. You are alive. Yes. Us, you are our Lord and Savior. So we are here to worship the King of Kings this morning. Lord, let us enter in with thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord, and come into your courts with praise. Yes. Let us enter the holy place, Lord, to worship you and you alone. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Hallelujah. Go tell it on the mountain. On the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching for silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Down in a lonely manger, the humble Christ was born. And God sent our salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Jesus Christ is born. Alleluia. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is so much bigger than the troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Hallelujah. My God is so much better than 
and all of these things so I won't be shaken I won't be my God is faithful his promise is true My God is bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. My enemies scatter, because they know the battle is done. Glory. My God. God is stronger. The victory's already won. Yeah, he died for my ransom, rose up on the third day. Thank you, Jesus. My God, my God is greater, greater than death. Out of the grave. Hallelujah. You are greater, Lord. I won't be shaken. I won't be moved, my God. My God is faithful, His promise is true. So I speak to the mountain, it's time to move. My God is bigger, better, stronger, greater than you. No mountains too high, Lord. There's no mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have that he doesn't already know. There's no problem too big, Lord. There's no weapon too strong. Nothing, nothing, nothing's impossible for you, oh Lord God. No mountain too high. Too low, there's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. Nothing, nothing, nothing's too hard for my God. Woo! No mountain. I don't be shaken. My God, you are faithful, O oh Lord God. His promise is true. So I speak to the mountain. Woo! It's time to move. My God is bigger, better, stronger, greater. Woo! Bigger, better, stronger.
We exalt your holy name, Lord. We're here before you, Lord. Draw me near. 
desperate for you. I surrender. I surrender.
troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King in the on holy ground, Lord. Lord, we worship you. We worship you and adore you. We exalt and magnify you. We are standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all presence in the presence in the presence of your people lord i will worship and adore you 
says you are always on my mind you are always on my mind I don't think the way you think my thoughts are higher than yours sometimes you go through the day and you're looking at other things and not thinking of me but I am thinking of you even when the distractions of this earth have you pulled in another direction you are on my mind says the Lord you are always on the mind. So when you get busy in this season, remember, look up, for I am always with you. I am always with you, and you are always on my mind, says the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Lord, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Speaking to us, Lord. Praise you, Anyone have anything from the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, we thank you for your presence here. Did you have something? 
different Christmas message. It's from Hebrews, the first chapter, the first verse. God, who in various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his Father, when he had by himself purged their, our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your anointing that's here, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are a good, good friend. We thank you, Father, that you're a good father. And, Lord, we come before you and lift up this food that was prepared. And, Father, we ask that you bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. Lord, bless the hands that prepared it and everyone who helped to serve. And we just thank you for good fellowship, Lord. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, you're going to move mightily by your spirit today. Bless this food in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. And Lorraine's going to tell you what okay. tables. Uh, we have uh, tables on either side of the room. So this side of the room, if you'll go that way, it's all the same type of foods. And the other side can come this way so we can quickly serve and enjoy. Please start the line, if you would. Michelle, and then if you would follow. Oh, we're going to do offering now. There's plates at the end of the table. I don't believe that we'll need uh, forks. I guess we need. Uh, if somebody could bring some more uh, things to serve the sandwiches, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> and for the cheese as well, we need a, a, a fork or something to go for the cheese as well. More of these uh, servers, please. Okay, let's open it. Joyce, if you could play some Christmas music.
Well, I hear we have a birthday in the house. It's going to be 85 on Christmas Day. And that's Miss Joanne Field. So it's a happy birthday. It's a happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Miss Joanne. Happy birthday to you. Hallelujah. Good long life. Amen. How many other birthdays do we have this month? Any more birthdays? Okay, Christine. Happy God bless you. Happy birthdays. Oh, they're still singing to Joanne. Anybody else has a birthday? It's over here, Miss Christy. Oh, you have a birthday? Agnes, the 18th. Now, I know you're going to be about that age, too. I'm about 18. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear sister Agnes. Happy birthday to you. And all the birthdays of this past year uh, that I've not recognized. Happy birthday. <laughs> we'll start doing that. You have a birthday as well? Oh my goodness. We have a lot of December babies. Just a minute. Let me tell you. Oh, November 30th. Okay, we just passed you up. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Birthday, I Sister, happy birthday to you. Okay. I'll let y'all go. Yes, dear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Pastor Tasha's birthday is Sunday. Oh my gosh. Here we go again, ladies. Happy birthday to you. And gentlemen, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Tess. Happy birthday to you. I know you'd rather listen to now some Christmas music. <laughs> God bless you, enjoy. There's plenty of food to enjoy at everyone.
Thank you. 
and we're gonna have a door prize. Um, what, uh, Charlotte, what number are we? 17. Okay, what we're doing is, is she picked a number and the number 17 on the list will get it. The store prize, Linus Francis. Who is she? Miss Linus? Alright, okay. get elements to celebrate the Lord's Supper. If you haven't, raise your hand and we'll get those out to you now. Okay, here comes Charlotte. Okay, great. Uh, if you have, you did not pick up your element for the Lord's Supper. Alright. I'm going to give you all a little more time to eat, but uh, as we go on. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. All right. So everybody getting enough? There's plenty up to have. Here's another a lady here, and here's one here. All right, make sure you all have your elements. Hello, Greg. Okay, well... We're going to go ahead and start while y'all continue to finish there, and uh, feel free to get more if you wish. Before we start our celebration of the Lord's Supper, we always take the moment to prepare ourselves. You know, it's important for us to uh, let everything go, forgive, leave it at the altar, and, and don't pick it up again. We're forgiven, we forgive. And it's just so important that we don't carry that within ourselves. Now, I believe everyone here knows the Lord, but should there be one here that has never asked the Lord Jesus into your heart, this is the opportunity that you have. Uh, this is the day of salvation. Every day is our day of salvation. It's by grace that we are saved. And it's only by, and I know, speaking to the choir, you know, 
that even if we sometimes need to rededicate ourselves, maybe we're not doing everything that we want to be doing for the Lord, but it's only he that can help us walk with him and allow him to be the Lord and the Savior of our lives, more so the Lord of our lives. Well, Lord, what is it that you want me doing? What is it that you uh, have gifted me to do? And let that gift flow for your glory, right? So that's our rededication and that we, uh, I was listening to a scripture this morning. It says that those that confess that Jesus came in the flesh is of God. And those that do not confess it are not of God. So I was, as I was driving here, I was thinking, you know what? Even though we know the Lord and we've asked him into our lives, we should say every day, Lord, Father God, Abba, Father, thank you that you sent, I believe that you sent Jesus. That's the way we uh, start our confession. He said, confess with our mouth. I believe that you sent Jesus. If it's nothing else just to save me, but I know that he came to save the world. Here he came into the flesh to show us the way, the truth, and the life. The way to live, the truth about life, and that is life, his life. Not only here on earth, but then the promise of eternal life. Even rejoicing that, yes, he gives us his name and power of the Holy Spirit to, to build his kingdom because it's his, him within us. But we, he said to rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, so we're going to confess that with our mouths today as we prepare our hearts to receive the, uh, and celebrate what he did for us. And Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you humbled yourself. You didn't have to come off of your precious stone because a, a throne because you are a king. And we thank you, Lord, that you sacrificed yourself for us. But Father, I believe that you sent Jesus, your son, and that he came in the flesh. And he conquered the flesh. He, he died, he suffered, died, and rose from the dead to give us that victory. So we confess that again today because we recognize in what you've done for us, Father. And we thank you, Jesus, what you have redeemed us from. But we have victory in this world. Though it's a fallen world, we go through things, but that's it. We go through. And you bring us to the end. And you turn everything that's bad in our lives to good. So I ask you to come into my life again. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Create within me a clean heart because I want to serve you and love you all the days of my life because you promise goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life just because you are so, so good. And we give you all the praise and the glory. Help us daily to make you the Lord of our lives because it's only by grace that your Holy Spirit that guides us and shows us how to do anything how to speak anything, how to do, uh, to believe anything. You open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our mouths. And we ask you to wash us again in your Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus and make us right before Lord. Anything that we have offended you, Lord, even though in our eyes may seem little, we repent of it and ask you to forgive us for it. And thank you that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Ms. Tess, Pastor Tess is going to lead us in the element. Thank you, Joyce, for playing music. I appreciate that. There's such an anointing in music. The joy of the Lord and the song in our heart, correct? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much. You know, whenever I come and uh, present the Lord's Supper, I always think about... 
Okay. I always think about the meal that heals. This is what I call the Lord's Supper. It is the meal that heals. It will heal you from whatever sickness or disease in your body. It will heal you from whatever you may be going through. Whatever trial, tribulation that's trying to come up against you or come and knock at your door, it will heal you from that. This is the meal that heals. And we don't take it often enough. Some of us just wait till once a month to take it. And I'm here to tell you that this meal, you can take as often as you need it. Amen. It's a deliverance. It's a healing meal. This is a meal that will bring you out of whatever you're going through. I don't know if you believe that. I don't know if you know that, but it is. And I just want to let you know that before we take this. Because I want people, I always tell my ministry, y'all need to order, um, you order your communion cups. Order them and have them at your house. So when you're going through something, let me get my glasses on, I'm trying to see this without it. You're going through something, then you will be able to, you, you can take this and it will do something miraculous for you, y'all. I'm just here to tell you right now. Let's get ready. Let me bring the communion forth for you, if you can, and if you will. My <laughs> guy, give me a second here. If y'all could turn, if you have your Bible, um, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 11 and 23. Let's start. We're going to start at 24, I'm sorry, and work our way to 25. Um, and, and everybody raise it up for me, please. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let me read it. go up. For I received from the Lord himself that instruction and I say instructions because it's in parentheses. I really want you to receive this. I want you to get this what God is saying to you each and every last one of them. He said for I received in 1 Corinthians 11 and 23 for I received from the Lord himself and in parentheses it says in my Bible in the Amplifier that instruction which I passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. I want everybody to break it. And he said, this is my body. It represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice for you. So every time we take this, do this in remembrance of me. Amen? Amen. Every time you take it, remember in remembrance of him. And then in the same way after supper, he took the cup. Raise up your cup. This cup is the new covenant. My God. Y'all know covenant means promises. He said this cup is the new covenant 
my established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, y'all. Again, do it as often as you drink it in remembrance of him for what he did for us. What he did for us, why he did it. My God, this is this sacrifice he made for us. season right in other words be ready at all times and Lorraine said you're going to do the offering and I went oh am I supposed to <laughs> okay God tell me what you want me to say <laughs> but so he led me to the scripture and it says give y'all have heard it before and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So my question is, the measure you use is talking about our attitude. What attitude are we using when we give? Are we, are we giving it with a grateful heart? Or are we giving it to where somebody's got to pry it out of our hands? God says, what measure you give, it'll be given back to you. This is good ground, right? So we sow into the good ground with a cheerful heart. And we expect God to bless our lives back. We expect God to give back to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So I pray that each one of you would listen to what the Lord says to give to a glow. Y'all know that a glow is all over the world. We minister to women that, some that have never heard the gospel before, 
we minister in countries that have never heard the gospel before. And it's good ground because it's all about God. It's not about us. It's not about us wanting to come and be a bunch of gossipers. It's about us coming together as women of God to encourage each other, to lift each other up. I didn't even know Tess that well until recently, and she had a ministry, and she asked me to come, and it was like, doors opened with her to show me her heart. We have women here that lift us up, that pray for us, that keep us, even when we don't see them. And that's part of what a glow is about, to minister to each other, to share with each other, to give to each other, okay? So I want you to ask the Lord, I'm gonna say a prayer over us, and I want you to ask the Lord to show you, is this what I'm to give? Lord, if you want me to give more, I'll give more. But Lord, show me what you want me to give into this ministry today, Father. Father, I thank you that you open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, we give out of a grateful heart. We give out of a cheerful heart. And we say, Lord, whatever your will is, we give it willingly, cheerfully. And we expect good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to be given back to us. And Lord, we expect this money to go and grow into a globe to expand into every area that you wanted it to expand into and we thank you for that lord we thank you for your word we thank you for your presence today in our lives in jesus name amen is it okay? Is it okay if I put this on? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's okay. This, 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 this gets clipped somewhere near your mouth where you're speaking. Okay. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you need help? I'm alright. Oh, you got it. Okay. So this is just a little clip okay. that you can put on your shirt. Yeah, we can stick it up here. Wherever it's comfortable. Here we go. And then this is on, so it's recording, and then this has another little clip. So, no. Oh, you want to put it through? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So, so is this... Um, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Do I have to switch it on? No, I, I think it should be on. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, see the blue light? All right. It's so will you, do you start it when... Um, well, or is it going to be a recording now? It's recording now. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit. We'll edit out. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thank God for that. It's West Texas. Thank <laughs> you. 
macadamia nut and the chocolate is for me. Stop now. Well, we are privileged today to have you <coughs> today. And I just want to welcome her. Mm. Uh, oh. And the blessing of the Lord that she is. And I believe you're going to enjoy. Michelle, welcome, Michelle. Oh, I went and swallowed wrong. It's fine, I swallowed wrong. Let me move out of this. Are you sure I'll get you? Yeah, no, I'm good. All right. Will you help you? Thank you. Yes, amen. <laughs> amen. Good afternoon, everybody, or good morning. Is it still morning? Yeah, it's still morning. <laughs> so as you can hear the accent, and um, Lorene is correct in that I say words that you people will not understand. And so if you're totally clueless, you can wave your hand, and I promise you I'll try and find the American word. I'm learning that I'm speaking a whole new language in America, even though we speak English. It's very interesting. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you so much for um, inviting me. Thank you for that introduction. You kind of shared a bit about me, so I don't have to go into all the in-depths of it. The Lord called us to the United States of America eight years ago, and um, it's been a very interesting journey. You know. I always say it like this, with the will of the Lord. It's like God sends you on honeymoon. And then when you get back from the honeymoon, reality bites. And you're like, oh, okay, I didn't know it was going to be like this, Lord. But um, it's, been, it's not only been an interesting journey, it's actually been an amazing journey. And it's a very God-filled journey. Um, I do miss my family a lot because they're all in the UK. And so I don't get to have Christmas and Thanksgiving and all those things with people that are very near and dear to me. But, you know, the Lord knows. And so what the Lord does is he gives you, just like Jesus said, no one has given up houses and mother and brother and father and all of those things without receiving a hundredfold in this lifetime. So in this lifetime, God has begun to add to our church. And I want to just say thank you to Kristen. Kristen is, she's a, a gift of God to me. She is my sister from another mother. She is also like a daughter to me. She's like, she's just a gift. And what I love about her is that the Lord said to her um, some time back that whenever I'm out ministering, if she can, she needs to be with me. And I thank God for that. So God gives you armor bearers. He gives you people that pray for you. I love her dearly. She has an amazing voice. I said to her, in future, Kristen, we need to plan these things better. So she could have sung for you today because she has a little CD at the back there. She's written, oh, well, maybe at the end. She's written these songs. The one song I just love, it's called Banner. And it's like, hands up, hands up to the sky. 
Come on. It's such a good song. I love it. She's such an anointed woman. So I'm very grateful to have her here with me. But it's wonderful to meet you all today. And it's a blessing of note to be here with you. I thank God for the opportunity. I don't take it lightly. I thank the Lord for what He desires to do in your lives. And before I launch into what it is that the Lord's put on my heart today, I just wanted to let you know because Lorene was very gracious. She said, if you have product, bring product. Well, I actually do have some CDs and DVDs from ladies' conferences and things that I've done. But we discovered recently that because they were recorded in England, they don't play here. I know, you can say that again. Oh, I know, I was also like, oh. Anyway, but what I do have is I have some amazing books that have actually been written by my husband. My husband has a very strong teaching ministry. And yeah, Kristen knows she's in Bible school at the moment. We started a full-time Bible college this year in January. So we run four nights a week, Monday to Thursday night, three hours a night. And people are getting fully impacted with the Word of God. Amen. And so my husband has written these books. And what I have today is I brought um, just a few of each one. And um, we are doing a special. They're normally $8 a book or actually 10 but we said $8 for today. And if you want to buy a combination of any four of them, it's $25. I, I would say this makes these make not only amazing stocking filler gifts, but also feed yourself. You know, I think we are so good at feeding ourselves with McDonald's and Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and <laughs> whatever else we feed ourselves with. You know, I also like all those things. But this is what really changes your life, is the Word of God. So I'll go through them very quickly. The perfect gift actually is amazing at this time of year because this book is all about the names of Jesus found in Isaiah. You know, wonderful counselor, almighty God, prince of peace. So that's what this book is all about, the perfect gift. And all of us need to understand what that gift is to us. Amen. And then faith steps to answer prayer. My husband wrote this book. It's actually around um, the, the Lord's Prayer. It's actually amazing. God began to give him revelation on, you know how we pray. We all know it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Amen. But the depths of revelation that are in that um, prayer. So that's that one. And then coming out of the darkness. I know some of these titles, people are like, well, I don't need to come out of the darkness. I'm already in the light. But this is... <laughs> this, yeah, this book is about um, the story of blind Bartimaeus. And you know how... God, the, it's just all revelation. So coming out of the darkness, you know, God wants all of us to throw off those beggar clothes. Amen. Our begging bowl and the things that defined us before we became born again. All right. And then two are better than one. We highly recommend this for anyone that is wanting to build any kind of team, whether it's just you and your husband or a small team at church or a large team at church or a team at work. Two are better than one and four makes a great team. And um, then this one is called Living Free from Deception. Now, the funny thing is that we find that this book sells the least. Because everybody thinks that they're not deceived. And the fact that you think you're not deceived, you're already deceived. So, so you know, Living Free from Deception. And actually, for me, this book is an incredible book because we do live in a society and a world today that wants to captivate humanity in the realm of deception. Deceived into believing truths that are not truths. Amen? It's relative truth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in the realm of relative truth. I want to live in the realm of absolute truth. 
And so we need to understand what we face in our world today. And then this book is an amazing little book. My, the Lord gave my husband very powerful revelation on forgiveness. And so um, forgiveness, it really is the key to freedom. And I'm not going to tell you what's in here because it's real good and you need to go get one. Okay. Alrighty. So for those of you who do um, decide to purchase all four, we are going to be throwing in this little 40-day devotional that my husband did. And um, you can get that for free if you get all four. If you want this one on its own, it's three and if you are making checks out for these books, you can just make them out to me. It's fine because we paid for all of these books ourselves to be printed. And yeah, so um, you, can, you can do that um, or cash. And if some of you don't have either of those methods, we do have um, card facilities at the end of the service. Amen. Just want to help you. I believe, you know, a friend of mine the other day was ministering and... Um, I love him dearly. He's actually just had a phenomenal, phenomenal breakthrough in the area of healing. He was diagnosed a year ago with stage four um, colon rectal cancer. And, um, you know, he went on this journey, not only of faith, but the Lord spoke to him, told him what to do with his body. When he did go through treatment, he had to stop chemotherapy at one point because his body was not coping well with it. And he ended up having radiation. But in what I'm trying to say in all of this, what he did was he trusted the Lord. He had people praying all over the world, praying for him, people standing in the gap, believing God for his healing. He would minister on healing all the time. And a month ago, he went for a checkup. And we, at the checkup, when they checked everything, the doctor said to him, you know, the only way that we could tell that you ever had cancer is if we look at your scans from last year. We can't find any cancer on your body. He was supposed to go for surgery that day. Yeah. He was supposed to go that day for surgery where they were going to cut the bowel and um, take out the bit that was left. And then he'd have a bag for a few months and then they would go in and fix it all up again. And when he went in that day, because before the surgery they do the test, they could find nothing, could find no trace of anything. But here's the miracle of miracles. This is why, you know, when Pastor Tess shared about, whew, sense God on this, that the healing meal, amen? So the miracle of this is when he went to, I don't know why I'm telling you all about this. Obviously, someone here needs to hear this today. This is not in my notes. This is for free, no charge. Um, but the doctor said to him, look, we, we can't find anything, but we want you to come back in a month's time and we're going to do this. this whole new, you know, and medical science is amazing. It's all these new tests now that they can do and they even draw blood and they put it through this whole system and it actually can detect if you even have any cancer cells running around in your bloodstream. So he went for that this last week and they cannot even find one cancer cell in his bloodstream. Amen. So praise the Lord. He is our healer. Amen. And I suppose why I'm telling you this is because I just trust Marcus and I trust what comes out of him and I know the man of God that he is. But this last week I was listening to him ministering and he was just saying he really believes that we are entering into a season of equipping where the body of Christ needs to really lay hold of the word of God and not the latest flim flam that's floating around the air. Amen. That we need to understand the truth because it really is the truth that makes us free. It's the truth that keeps us in that place of freedom and liberty and deliverance in our lives. Amen. And so that's why I even promo the books because I do know that there are truths in there that if you lay hold of them, they will change your life forever. I've seen the word of God change mine and my husband's life forever. My husband and I were an 
hour away from a divorce lawyer seven years after marriage. You know, they call the seven-year itch. Well, we didn't have even a seven-year itch. We just had seven years of hell on earth. And after seven, I know I tease my husband. We just celebrated 47. I actually got it wrong the other day. 47 years of marriage. Amen. And I do tease him and I say we only really celebrated 40 years because his first seven years don't count. They were so bad. But, um, you know... God came in and he completely revolutionized our lives. He changed our lives. He touched our lives. He brought healing into our marriage. And because of the healing that came in our lives, we've been able to impart healing into the lives of others. Amen. In many different areas. So I thank the Lord for what the word of God and the truth of God can do. It can completely change you as an individual amen set your feet on solid ground keep you focused in the right direction and keep you going where it is that god wants you to go amen but let's pray because that's got nothing to do with my message to a degree anyway praise the lord father we love you with all of our hearts we are so grateful to you father we thank you for what you're doing in our lives we do thank you today father that your word says that healing is the children's bread we partook of that bread today, Father, and we thank you for that healing power that manifests in our lives. I thank you that sickness has no place on our bodies in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Lord God, for the word that is working mightily in us and for the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And I thank you, Father, that you take us from victory to victory, Father, that we are not people who are victims, but we live victorious in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, today I pray that our ears would be open. We choose to open our ears. We choose to open our hearts, Lord to your word so that that implanted word father will begin to produce the fruit in us that you ordain for our lives and i thank you father that the fruit that we produce will be sweet to those around about us in jesus mighty name amen amen all right i think i'm warming up sufficiently to take this off it's okay do you, do you know, in the UK, I had to learn how to take an umbrella with me everywhere I went. And I would co constantly forget. So I ended up with this closet full of umbrellas, you know. And I'm learning in America, even though I live in the heat, I have to take jackets with me because the air conditioning is normally makes me feel like I'm in the UK. The only difference is there's no rain. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Okay, so the thing that the Lord has laid on my heart, um, you know, I've been praying this week, just saying, asking the Father what it is that He has for us. And I just kept hearing the words, don't quit. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. But of course, I'm the kind of person that I go back and I think, okay, Lord, what is it that makes me want to quit? What is it that makes you want to quit? Well, I don't know about you, but I know for me, when I go through tests and trials, they make me want to quit. Am I alone? No. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Amen. So I want to minister to us about this today, tests and trials, what they are, why they're important, and why we need to literally at times learn how to embrace them. See, it goes very quiet when we say those words because none of us want to embrace the tests and the trials. Let me tell you something. My husband and I, have been on an 18-month period of the most testing, trying time of our entire lives. Yeah. I've had moments where everything within me just says, I'm done, I'm had enough, we're at an age now where we can really think of retiring. Retiring sounds nice, you know, I think Hawaii sounds like real good. 
We've actually even teased at times. There he is standing at the back there. Hi, babe, I love you. And <coughs> we even at times have had um, <coughs> moments where we'd, we'd look at each other and we go, you know what, let's just buy a Winnebago. I think that's what you call yeah. them. You know, I'm learning. It's American words. Um, and we just go and travel the country. You know, just because the tests and the trials make you want to quit. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, this is where I want to go um, today. And let's have a look at what the Word of God says to us. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm going to read to us from verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept, listen, we are kept, how? By the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Come on, how many of us have been grieved by various trials? And I know I'm on the right path, amen, because what I heard the Lord speak. We have been grieved, come on, various trials, what do they do? They grieve you. Amen? Because we all are like this. We're all like, I don't like this. I'm not enjoying this. I don't want to go through this. And I want all of this to change. And I want it to change now. Can I get an amen? amen. Then verse 7 says, But that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of Christ Jesus, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. glory. Amen. So, you know, the thing is when I go to the word about these things and I'm going, okay, Father, I know tests and trials are the one thing that make me want to quit. So you must have something to say to me to help me in this journey so we see that peter here is writing to those who are not only experiencing persecution you need to understand at that time when peter was writing the christians were experiencing exceptional persecution with regards to the way Do you know they called it the way the way was the way of the lord jesus christ but he also is writing to them because not only are they having persecution but they are facing tests and trials or temptations and they're facing this because of the stand that they made for Christ. So you and I, we are all going to experience tests and temptations, whether we like it or not. Amen. It's going to come. Not many of us like the tests. And most of us try and avoid them if, if possible. I mean, how many of you at school when it came to testing time? I don't know if they still do it. I know nowadays you just go from one grade to the next. But I know in my day, if you wanted to go from one grade to the next, you had to write a test. How many of you loved those test times? No. 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 You know, like some of us were a bag of nerves. Some of us, our stomachs would churn. Some of us would try and study and it would be like, fling, fling, fling. and then you'd sit there before the paper and you'd be like, oh God, I don't know what these answers are. And you're trying to look over at your friend's paper, you know, come on, we all were there. Tests are what we prefer to run away with rather than embrace. And trials and temptations have to be identified and not ignored. See, we have to identify them. We can't just ignore them. 
Listen, I say this always to the church. We cannot be like ostriches. Go and put our head in the sand and hope that in a couple of months' time, when I pop it out, it's all going to be different. No, no, no. We need to know how to navigate what is coming our way. Amen. And so the devil tempted Jesus. Why? Because he wanted to move Jesus out of his destiny. He wanted Jesus to question who he actually was. Because the devil would say, if you are the son of God. All right. So he wanted to move Jesus out of his destiny and out of his identity. And the devil wants to do exactly the same thing with you and I. Amen. He wants us moved away from what it is that God has ordained for our lives. And he wants us questioning whether God really loves us. Now, we heard the word of the Lord this morning. I loved it. I'm like, God, you are keeping us firmly encouraged that we're on track this morning. The word of the Lord came. I nearly wanted to start singing. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. God was saying, you're always on my mind. Mind. In other words, we are his children. Come on, those of us that actually have physical children, you think about them a lot. I don't know about you. I do. My grandchildren, they're always on my mind. I want to FaceTime them every day, you know, because they are on my mind. I wonder how they're doing. I wonder what they're up to. I wonder what they're getting up to. I wonder how they're coping. Do they need anything? I firmly believe our Heavenly Father is way more than that. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that we need to understand is that tests and trials are a fact of life and we have to accept this truth. There are tests that are going to come to us. You know, I I shared Marcus's story, tests that come in the area of sickness and disease. There may be tests that come with regards to sorrow or loss. There may be tests that come, I know for me, it's one of them that I've had to contend with, loneliness. You know, people think you move country and it's just all, you move country and you don't know anyone. And then my husband and I are, we best friends. So every time we want to have a fight, we just remind each other, you're my only friend. So you better be nice to me right now because other than you, I don't have any friends. So I can't afford to be, have a bad friend in this relationship. Amen. Yeah, we do. We did. We've done that a lot. You know, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm real. You know, we, we are, we are not angels with wings. Those are shoulder blades. I promise. But, um, we go through these things. So there are the tests of loneliness. There's also tests of criticism. People will criticize you. They will tell you what they don't like about you or they'll tell other people what they don't like about you. And then you find out about it and you're like, well, I didn't even know that they thought like that about me. Amen. And then there are tests of disappointment. How many of us have been disappointed? I know as I stand here already, I just sense by the Spirit of God that there's some who in some ways you even feel like you've been disappointed with the Father. You're like, oh God, why didn't you come through for me in this? You know, we've got to be careful that we don't go there. Because the Father works all things together for good. As long as we are doing what? Trusting Him and working according to His purpose. Amen? So, these are tests that we can, there's some of them. I mean, for me, in my view, I think these lists are endless. But there are trials. So there's a difference between tests and trials. There are trials that you and I will also face, temptations, I want to call them. So for some people, the temptation can be greed. It could be selfishness. For some people, it's sexual immorality or envy or jealousy, strife and offense. You know, we, so often we can think to ourselves, well, I don't have any of those things in me. Yeah. I know I'm like that. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm born again. I'm free of all these things. And then something happens and you look at it and you're like, You found the green monster wanting to rise up and then your eyes turn green and then you start thinking, what's going on with me? And then the Lord says, yes, you see, there's still a little bit of envy and jealousy. Then you're like, oh, Jesus, help me. But 
strife will come, offense will come. Offense is a big one in the body of Christ. People are so easily offended. I'm like, come on, church. We've got to put our big girl panties on and just get on with the job and stop allowing ourselves to get so offended. Then we, the aspects of deceit or anger, even substance abuse, all of these things come. Why? The enemy wants to pull you away from what it is that God has for you. Amen? So as I already said, this list is endless, but I'm just trying to give you an idea. We have to learn how to navigate these temptations, how to navigate these trials, and how to stand against them and stand in them. Amen? Even the word says to us, having done all to stand. What do we do? Stand there for, not quit. So I know if I go through the temptation to quit, I know there are many of us here that go through the same thing. Because I know if it happens to me, it's going to happen to you. Amen? So when we stand for Christ, you and I are going to experience these things. Listen, even for my husband and I moving over here, it almost felt like from the day we set our feet on American soil, the enemy has done everything to stop us from doing what it is that God has called us to do. Why? Because the enemy does not want to see people's lives changed. He does not want to see the word come forth. He does not want to see people empowered with the word of God and the truth of God so that we build strong people. My husband and I live very much by a, when I say a mantra, you know, we believe very strongly that if you have strong believers, you then have strong families. And if you have strong families, you have strong churches. And if you have strong churches, you have strong communities. But it all starts with me. Amen. Amen. So if I'm constantly like jello, I'm not ever going to grow up and do anything for the Lord. But you and I, in verse 6, it says initially these tests and trials will cause distress, a grieving, a sorrow, a pressure, or even an anguish. But you and I need to know how to navigate this properly and conquer the temptation that comes along our way and conquer the temptation of wanting to give up and learn how to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen? So 1 Peter gives us these principles with regards to tests and trials. So I want to say to us, the second aspect of this is that there are purposes to tests and trials. Tests and trials are not just there to make your life difficult. They're there to prove our faith. Prove it, not build it. See, faith is, my husband and I, we teach this very strongly. Faith is a relationship with God. It's a union with God. So faith is already there. But our faith and our, our, our faith needs to be developed and strengthened. Amen. So tests and trials don't develop your faith or your character. They prove it. They prove what you've been doing while things seem to be okay. Come on. So the only way to determine if your faith is genuine is to watch you when you're in a test or a trial and a temptation. Come on. We all go through it. Is my faith genuine? My husband and I, we always say this. For faith to be trusted, it first has to be tested. Come on. If your faith can be trusted, it's going to have to be tested. What are you doing when the challenges come? What are you doing when the difficulties take place? Amen. You see, driving a car requires you and I to go through a test. Am I right? Even in this country, you have to go do your, what do you call it? 
Oh, you see, another, another American word that I'm learning. <laughs> Your driver's education. What do they call it in England? It's got a different name. Yeah. Your, your provisional, it's called a provisional in the UK. So you call it driver's ed, I like that, driver's ed. In other words, we're trying to educate you before you get behind that wheel, what it looks like to be on the road, amen? So the temptation would be that I'm gonna drive this car without doing any tests. Because I don't wanna go through the tests, I don't wanna go through all the learning, because what if I get things wrong? and I don't pass and then I can't drive. So I'll just get in the car and I'll drive. If you do that, you are a danger on the road. You are an illegal. And if you get caught, you are in big trouble. But many believers want to live like this. When the tests come, they don't want to go through the process of learning how to overcome. And so they become a danger as believers because they will say things like this. Well, you know, I believe God for that thing and nothing happened. A friend of ours preached this one day. It stuck with me forever. He said, you can't say, I tried that and it didn't work. What you have to say is, that thing tried me and I didn't work. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Amen. Come on. You see, it's the perspective. It's a different perspective that we have got to view these things from. Amen. Because we think, I don't need to go through the test. I don't need to go through the trial. I'm just going to get behind the motor vehicle. I'm just going to drive. I'm a danger to everybody around me. I could end up taking people's lives out. I could end up being in jail. You see, oh, I sense the Lord on this, you see, because for many of us, instead of going through the process of what it is that we need to go through, we end up harming other people because we step out of obedience to the Lord and we step into our own will. And your own will is always going to lead you down the wrong path. Amen. So just like gold is purified in the fire, our faith has to be tested to see whether it is genuine. All right. And this can only happen through fire. So, Father, I thank you for the fiery trials, Lord. And when I read this, I said to my husband the other day, I actually said it to him this morning. I said, man. Because the Lord gave me this word some time ago, but I've never preached it. And then this week while I was praying, God kept leading me back to this. And I'm like, all right, Father. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, have I not been reading this for the last 18 months? I should have been reading this every day for the last 18 months. Because the only way that our faith can be tested is through the fire. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So now, instead of fighting against the fire, I have to embrace the fire because fire is painful but there is no other way to test whether your faith is genuine no other way yes thank you jesus we do we trust you with our lives lord oh i sense this presence of the lord here amen because the longer gold remains in the fire the more valuable it becomes you know that that is in the natural the longer gold remains in the fire it goes from 9 carat to 18 to 22 to 24 it becomes more and more valuable the longer it remains in the fire if you and I will learn how to navigate the fiery trials we will become very valuable in the body of Christ why because you would be able to stand up like I am today and say I've been through this but look 
at what the Lord has done. My faith has not failed. I'm strong in God. I trust the Lord. I'm believing Him that there is a way through. I may not be able to see what I want to see with my natural eyes right now, but I know that by the power and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am coming through on the other side. How do I know it? Because my Father God says to me in Psalms 23, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I realize I'm walking through. And you have to understand that whatever it is that you're going through, it's exactly that. You are going through it. Stop saying, I'm going to. All my life, my life is such a mess. My life is so difficult. My life. You know, we could all live there. But we have to say, Father, I thank you that I'm going through. So what does that word genuine mean? That word genuine, that our faith is genuine. It means that our faith is approved. It means that it is it is authentic. Man, I want to have authentic faith. Faith that is authentic, not fake. I'm not faking it till I make it. We need to stop with the fake it till you make it thing. No, I want the genuine. I want the authentic. You know, stop faking that everything is okay. Because you want people to think you have this perfect life. No, 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 no. Facebook is full of fake. We don't want fake. We want the real. Amen? We want, the, we want to understand the real. It means that your faith is indisputable. Man, it's like, Father, I can see this person. When I look at Pastor Marcus, this friend of ours, you can see this is indisputable, authentic faith. Because in the midst of what looked horrendous, and I watched his journey. I watched the journey at times where... He'd post things on Facebook and you could tell that this man was not well. I remember last year Thanksgiving, he and his wife, I mean, Lord Jesus, have mercy. The most amazing people, they invite us to their home for Thanksgiving. And we get there because we had nowhere else to go. It's just the two of us, just the two of us, you know. <laughs> you know that temptation of the loneliness, oh, all by myself. No, you know. <laughs> So they invite us over to their house and we get there and you can tell that this man is not well. Hey, babe, remember, you could see it and my heart ached because I was like, God, these people have invited us for Thanksgiving and he's cooking us food and he's not well. And I can tell that he's struggling in his body, but he's not letting anything negative come out of his mouth. He's declaring that healing is his portion. He's declaring that he, by the stripes of Christ Jesus, he is healed and made whole. And, you know, I watched it. I watched the journey and you can see this is authentic faith at work. Amen. His faith was also this word genuine also means it's unaffected. So for me, what does that say to me? It means my faith is unaffected by what's going on around about me and what's happening with me. Amen. I'm not going to be affected. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, if you carry on over here, 1 Peter chapter 4. And verse 12, it says to us, Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So he, what he's saying is, don't think it's strange. Don't let these trials surprise you. They should not surprise us. It's not that we, you know, waiting for them and welcoming them. But when they come, we shouldn't be like, oh, how does that happen? No, we need to be ready. 
We need to be ready. In fact, in Peter it says that we need to be sober. We need to be vigilant because the enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's only going to devour those who are not prepared. Come on. So the Lord even spoke to me in a sense about our transition to America. As I already shared with you, we've done this journey. It's eight years in January. And, you know, in this period of time, God spoke to me. He said, you, he spoke this to me a while back. He said, you accepted your current position, but you didn't embrace it. So I accepted that we were called to the United States, but I was struggling to embrace the change. I was struggling to embrace the new. I was struggling to embrace the fact that I don't get to hug my daughter around her neck. I don't get to cuddle my grandkids. Amen. And so there's a difference between accepting your situation and embracing it. So accepting means that we agree or we consent it. Whereas embrace means I receive it eagerly, gladly, and willingly. And then I begin to think about fiery trials. I'm like, Lord Jesus, how many of us genuinely receive it eagerly, gladly, and willingly? See, we often don't like messages like this because we want the, oh, you're going to live an amazing life stories. <laughs> but you know what? Let me just, I'm going to drop this in here right now. My husband's sitting here. One of the things that the Lord really ministered to him, he actually has a very powerful message concerning it. The Lord said to him through a song, I forgive you, but I really want to thank you. And through this song, the Lord showed him and he said, you see, through this fiery trial that you've gone through, what it has done, it, it has revealed how much of you and your flesh still needs to die. And I heard the ouches. I felt I said exactly the same thing when he told me. I'm like, ouch. But you know what? It's, it's, it's a good plumb line. Because, you know, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and everything in you has died. Even the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. So it's a daily dying to me. It's a daily dying to my um, resistance. It's a daily dying to not wanting to embrace what God's doing. It's a daily dying to saying, Father, your will, not my will be done. Amen. Let God perfect that which concerns you. God wants to perfect that which concerns you. As I'm standing here, I just hear the spirit of the Lord saying, there are some things in you that I'm wanting to perfect. And if you will allow the process, you will see that at the end, not only do you come out of out as gold, but you come out as those who are a great influence to those around about you. See, we wanting to influence our community. We're wanting to influence our family. We're wanting to influence our children, our friends, our relations, whoever they are. But we can't influence them because we are not allowing God to perfect that which concerns us. So even David said to God, test me. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, these are dangerous prayers. It's like, we don't want to pray these prayers. Okay, give us the last prayers. Lord, we don't want to pray the test me. Lord, in Psalms 26, my husband and I were in here the other morning. And um, I mean, we just kept reading it over. It kept coming over and over, actually. It's, it's amazing. In Psalm 26 and verse 2, it says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. 
Try me. Prove me. So God is wanting to prove to us. He's wanting us to, to embrace the fact that we allow God to prove us. Amen. Look at Psalm 129 verse 23. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. We also see that God tested Abram, asking him to sacrifice Isaac. What did Abram do? Abram passed the test. You see, I often think we read these things as these lovely stories, but we don't actually ever think about it in the reality. Imagine you taking your own child, your only true heir, and taking him up a mountain to go and sacrifice him and be ready to actually do it. See, my brain goes, Ooh. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't even know if I'd even be able to go to the mountain. Never mind, take the kid. Are you with me? But what does he do? He follows the will of the Lord. And what does God do? God provides supernaturally. And as I said earlier today, even Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. He was tempted in all points. So all of us are going to experience tests and trials. I remember for my own self, with my husband and I, we've experienced tremendous tests and trials in our life. We've experienced our, our eldest daughter, when she was six years old, lost the use of both of her kidneys. She got a very, very rare disease. We've experienced the death of a grandchild. We have 11 grandchildren, but one of them is in heaven. Not easy things to go through and contend with. You see, people can look at your life and think, oh, your life is wonderful. That blesses me because then it tells me that my faith is genuine. Amen? Because I'm not walking in here in sackcloth and ashes looking like I have gravel rash. Do you know what gravel rash is? Gravel rash is when your bottom lip hangs so far down on the ground that you actually get a rash. Don't you love it? Gravel rash. So gravel rash is those people that are so miserable, nothing's going to make them happy. Amen? So we experience at one stage where we were actually, in the natural, we were declared, we could see we were bankrupt. But we went to see a lawyer in our church, a friend of ours, and he took one look at us and it was a spirit of faith that came on him. And he said, you guys are givers and tithers. You are not bankrupt. God's going to deliver you. I still sat there thinking, there's something wrong with this man's hearing. And there's definitely something wrong with his eyesight. I cried the whole way through. I'm like, why can he not see? And he kept saying, but you're not bankrupt. Because we were actually going to him to ask him to help us to um, declare bankruptcy, to file for bankruptcy. And he's going, no, you're not bankrupt. And I'm going, yes, we are bankrupt. And he's going, no, you're not bankrupt. And we're going, but what's wrong with you? Can you not see? And he's going, no, what's wrong with you? Can you not see? Come on. Come on. I hear the Lord on that. What's wrong with you? Can you not see? Can you not see there is a way through your situation? Can you not see that God is the mighty deliverer? Can you not see that he is the great redeemer? Amen. Come on, he is. That is exactly what he is. And so we had to walk out there not declaring bankruptcy, thinking, oh, <laughs> how's this ever going to turn around? And let me tell you something. In two weeks, God supernaturally turned everything around to a point where we went from zero to right up there, where we had enough money to buy air tickets. We had enough money to 
to do what we needed to do and get to the United Kingdom. I can't go into the story. It would take too long. But it was super natural. Amen. And then we've experienced, as I've already shared, the, the challenges of transitioning in the will of God. Amen. We transitioned from South Africa to the United Kingdom. Then we transitioned from the United Kingdom to United States of America. But in all of it, we have had to learn, my husband and I, how to stay strong and stand strong in the Lord and allow our faith to be genuine. In other words, to allow our relationship with God to remain intact no matter what the enemy brings our way. So, if you think about this here in Peter, he's talking to the early church. And they, what they did is they completely embraced persecution. In fact, do you know in the early church, they believed that it was an honor to be martyred for the Lord. Actually saw it as an honor. We can't even handle it when someone's a bit ugly to us. So we have got to allow the fire of God to burn out of us anything that would hinder the process of God in us. Amen. We've got to allow God to burn it out so that you and I stand as children of the Most High God. I sense God so strong today in, in these words. Look what the Lord has done. I believe God is wanting to give some of you here today a testimony where you will turn around and you will be able to say, look at what the Lord has done. You all thought that I was going under, but I want you to know I didn't go under, I went over. Amen. And God has delivered me. God has set me free. God has, in fact, that fire burned out a load of junk that didn't need to be there in the first place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, burn it out, Lord. But I want you to encourage you. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Trust the Lord. Because trials do come to an end. And I believe today that for many of us, from our trial, we are going to have a testimony. From the test, we will have a testimony. Amen. We will have a testimony. And what does the word tell us in Revelation? They overcame how? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So the blood of the Lamb. I thank you, Jesus, that I'm covered in the blood. I thank you, Jesus, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't say that the weapons will not form. It just says that they will not prosper. I thank you that those weapons will not prosper in my life, Father God. Therefore, I thank you that I will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And I thank you that I overcome by the word of my testimony. Because what is the word of my testimony? The word of my testimony is, look what the Lord has done. I almost want to start singing that song. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Just, I don't like to sing just in time. You know what I like to sing? Now I'm fine. Yeah, I do. Because I'm like, man, Lord, when you touch my body and you touch my mind, I am fine. Amen. Come on. We are fine. So our faith is going to be tested by fire and it should be found in us praise and honor and glory see even though we don't like it even though we don't see him physically even though we have these challenges it should not hinder our love for him so every day my husband and i we've been on this wonderful little journey through this book called resilience and every day it starts off these little devotions they start off by saying jesus i hand everyone and everything to you lord see because the lord loves everyone 
and he wants to perfect everything that concerns us. Amen. So our love for the Lord is revealed in the way that we obey him, in the way that we choose to keep his commandments, in the way that we choose to follow his example. If he overcame in the wilderness, we can overcome. Amen. When the enemy comes to you and says, well, this and this is not going to work out, we ought to learn to say, no, it is written. See, when we were told you're not bankrupt, we had to take words and say, in the natural, that looks terrible. But in the, in the supernatural, I thank you, Father, that you will supply all my need. It is written that my God will supply all of my need. I thank you, Lord. If you're going through a trial of sickness and disease, you know what you've got to say. I thank you, Jesus, that healing is the children's bread. If you're going through relational challenges, you've got to say, I thank you, Jesus, that your word will break through in all of these situations. Amen. We have to learn how to stand firm. We have to stand firm and rely on his presence to carry you. Listen, just this week, the Lord said, spoke to my heart again, and I know it. But you know, God reminds us. And he spoke to my heart. He said, you must remember, Michelle, that the greatest comforter, strengthener, standby, helper that you will ever need in your life is the Holy Spirit. And he is with you. He never leaves you. He will never forsake you. He dwells on the inside of you. He is going to help you. He is going to undergird you. He is going to strengthen you. And you are going to get through this. Amen. So, if we believe that he's my deliverer, he's our strengthener, he's our portion, he's a very present help in times of trouble. I loved it. Even that one song we sang today, I'm like, woohoo, thank you, Jesus. We're all on point. Amen. Come on, he is stronger, he is mighty, he is greater, he is bigger. My dad is bigger than your dad. Come on, he is, he's greater. Amen. But what this takes us to, it takes us to the place where in verse 8 it says, Therefore we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Come on, James tells us, my brethren, when you fall into temptation and trial, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to count it what? All joy. Come on, none of us count it all joy. We count it all misery. We count it all sadness. We count it all self-pity. We count it all difficulty. But you see, Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says to me, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, when we're going through these difficulties, if we don't learn how to begin to rejoice and find that place of joy in the Lord, then there is no strength in us because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. He is our strength. The devil hates it when we laugh in the midst of affliction. He wants to get us to move into the realm of self-pity. Why? Because self-pity is the worst kind of sin. Because self-pity obliterates God and it puts self-interest on the throne of your heart. Self-pity will open your mouth to murmurings and grumblings and groanings. And our lives, I love this is what Oswald Chambers says, our lives become craving spiritual sponges and there is nothing lovely or generous about them because life is not all about us. It is all about him. And when I think of self-pity in the light of becoming a craving spiritual sponge, in other words, there's no, you know, sponge, it just sucks. Have you ever been around people that just suck the life out of you? You're like, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. You see, I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be someone that when people are around me, I suck the life out of them. No, no, no. I want the life of God to flow through me to them. Amen. So I will not get into self-pity. I've had to pull myself up on this one. 
especially the last eight years. Oh, my kids are in England. Oh, with COVID was the worst. I can't see my children. I can't touch them. I just want to touch them. I just want to touch them. I want to just hold my grandchildren. I watched my grandchildren grow up in front of me on FaceTime without being able to physically help them, hold them. The self-pity that I wanted to fall in, I had to stop myself regularly and start thanking God for FaceTime. Because 50 years ago, there was nothing. Come on, I wouldn't have even been able to see. I'd have to rely on pictures. Send me photographs, please. I want to see what do they look like now. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's perspective. So we can look at it by what we don't have or we can rejoice at what we do have. Amen? So we have to learn how to embrace what we're going through so that we do not fall into murmuring and complaining. Listen, murmuring and complaining is a wilderness mentality. If you look at the Old Testament, what did they do? They murmured and they complained. In fact, it boggles my brain to think that they would beg Moses to go back to onions and garlic and leeks. In other words, you're willing to give up all the promises of God for the things that you think comfort your flesh. See, we need to bring it into our modern day. Amen? We wouldn't give up the purpose and the destiny of the Lord for the things that comfort my flesh. My grandchildren, I love them to, I don't want to say to death, I love them to life. Amen? I love them to life. But I cannot allow the craving of my flesh to hinder me from fulfilling the will of God. Amen? Because I could get to a point, he knows, so bad, I was like, I'm out of here, I'm going home. I'm going back to England, I'm out, I'm done, I'm done. I'm so done that I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And the one day he said to me, all right, if you want to go back, we'll go back. And I stood there in the kitchen. And in my spirit, I knew if I make this choice, I'm walking in absolute disobedience to the Lord. And in disobedience, I'm going to reap the consequence of it. Do I really want to reap the consequence? Or am I willing to put the flesh on the altar and obey the Lord? Amen. That one just for somebody out there. So. Embrace what you're going through. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. In other words, it's not going to last forever. I firmly believe, my husband and I, we've been in prayer. I'm 150, floppy percent convinced that from this new year, we're stepping into a whole new season. We just know it. We sense it. We sense things have changed. We sense that God's doing new things. We sense that what was will be no more. We sense what's coming is way better than what has been. And so we're stepping into this new season in the Lord. Amen. So I have to remind myself, this light affliction was but for a moment. And for what purpose? It's working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but those which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And what God is working in us is for eternity. My husband and I, we always say this. We say that whatever we do in this life, we have to be very aware of my actions working for the temporal or for the eternal. Because we can become so captivated with the temporal that we forget that there is an eternal. And the eternal is far greater than the temporal. Amen. So the Apostle Paul was speaking to us. He was hugely tested and persecuted when he went through many trials. But what does he do? He calls it a light 
affliction. I'm like, oh, Jesus, so-and-so didn't say hello to me, so I'm very offended. And I'm not going back to church because, you know, they just aren't as loving as I thought that they would be. And then you look at the Apostle Paul. He was beaten three times with rods, 39 stripes, bar one. He was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. Night and day he was in the deep. And I'm like, and we upset because so-and-so just wasn't nice to me. And the church don't feel very loving. Why don't you be loving? You see, I don't go to church looking for what I can get. I go to church with what I can bring and what I can give. I go to church every Sunday with these words in my heart. Father, I thank you that I have a word of encouragement for someone. Help me to be sensitive to those around about me if they're going through challenges, that I would be a blessing to them, that I would encourage them, that, I, that you would give me a word for them. I'm not going to church where I, well, I hope the worship team sing my favorite songs, and I hope that that other lady didn't sit in my chair, because you know, the last two Sundays, she sat in my chair, and I always sit in that chair, and you know, I'm just fed up with this business, and I just sure hope that the pastor brings me a word that I need to hear this Sunday because you know I'm real tired of him it's real boring am I the only one that has ever had those thoughts no we sort our heart out and we realize that we are children of the Most High God, full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that we bring the difference. We diffuse the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. Come on, do you diffuse it? Are you a stench or are you a sweet-smelling savor to them? I have a message around that one, but I ain't bringing it now. All right. So, do we live our lives as temporal or do we live it as eternal everything we do here on earth should have an eternal perspective so i want to encourage us don't become overwhelmed by the tests or the trials i want you to take this message today and allow this message to speak to your heart amen embrace the fiery trial if we learn how to navigate these things properly i firmly believe number one they'll pass quicker i do why because god will work in us what needs to be worked i mean once You've passed the test, that's it. You're on to the next thing. Am I right? If you don't pass the test, what happens? You get to do it again. And if you don't pass it again, then what happens? You get to go and do it again. So when are we going to wake up to the reality that these tests I need to pass so I can move on to the next thing? Come on. <laughs> Amen. So you and I are the most privileged people on this earth. Why? Because as believers, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. His DNA is being worked into us through the Word of God. Amen? I love what a friend of ours, he preaches, he's got a book called, I now am part of the bloodline of a champion. Amen? You're, you have the bloodline of a champion running through you. You are not your past. You are not your... Um, you know, the places that you, you, that you were raised in, you're not your past, you're not where you were raised, you're not your family, you're not what was done to you. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Born again for the glory of God. Born again to diffuse the fragrance of Christ wherever it is that you go. Amen. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And who is He? He is the Spirit of grace. He is the ability. That word grace means the ability of God at working in me. He is the ability of God working in my life. The Holy Spirit is also known as the oil of joyful 
morning. So come on, morning may last for a night, but what must happen? Joy must come. I'm just, every time I minister this, I say these words because I believe sometimes there are those of us who get stuck. Let me tell you something. When our grandson passed, one of the words that a friend gave to me, she said, Michelle, you can mourn, but don't allow a spirit of grief to come upon you because the enemy wants to bring a spirit of grief and keep you captivated in their place of loss so that the oil of joy can never come forth in your life. You're always in that place of what you have lost. Listen, let's get on with what God has for us. We know what we lost, but I want to tell you something. He is in my future. I actually started to get excited. I know this may, for some of you, may shock you, but I thought, Jesus, there's one grandchild I don't have to pray for because I know already where he is. Again, I say perspective. I can live in the realm of my loss or I can live in the realm of my hope. He's in my future, not my past. Come on. So he wants to give you the oil of joy for morning. He is the power of God in your life. And if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost in tongues, I want to encourage you, learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because the word of God says that we build up our faith as we pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we build ourselves up and remain strong in the Lord. Remember that he is your comforter. So even no matter what you are going through, there is one who will comfort you in the trial. One who will comfort you in the test. One who will enable you and empower you to walk out of it and through it. Amen. So really the reality of it is, is what more do we need to overcome? What more do we need? We have everything. Ladies and gentlemen, we have everything we need to live an overcoming victorious life. But you and I, I'm going to leave you with this. We have to be aware of our response to tests and trials. So do not give in. Do not give in to tests and trials. Listen to me today. Do not quit. Winners never quit. It doesn't mean they don't go through difficulty. They just don't quit. They choose not to quit. Don't give in to murmuring. Watch your mouth. If you find yourself wanting to fall into the self-pity of memory, pray the prayer. Father, I thank you that you set a guard on my mouth. For some of us, we need the Lord to put a zipper on our mouth. <laughs> With a padlock. Don't give in to depression. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. See, whenever I want to give in to the self-pity thing, the Lord always takes me immediately back to not just the life of Christ, but to the life of Paul. I begin to think about what they went through, the persecution that they experienced, the beating that they experienced, the, the hatred that they experienced. I'm like, oh my Lord, my life is a walk, a breeze compared to that. It pulls me right out. Amen. And then don't give in to the temptation. Walk closely with the Spirit of God. Allow Him to empower you and strengthen you so that you don't give in to that temptation. Because what did I say right at the beginning? Tests and trials come and the temptation that we all face is we want to give in. We want to quit. We want to say, I can't do this. I'm out of here. I had one lady many years ago and it always grieved me. 
because she went through a lot of testing and trials once she became a believer. And she turned to me one day and she said to me, oh, my life was much better when I was unsaved. And I literally, my heart just sank on the inside of me because I thought, Lord, how can your life be better out of relationship with you? It cannot. It's impossible. See, those are lies from the pit of hell. The enemy wants to lie to you. He wants you to, you to think, my life was better when I was like, I mean, I could, my life was better when I was in England. That's what I did for two years. My life was better when I was in England. I had more money when I was in England. I had more friends when I was in England. I had my family when I was in England. Nah, 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 nah. Until the Lord gets hold of you. He says, you've accepted the call, but you've not embraced it. So now embrace it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the amazing people, the Christians of this world that have gotten to meet and love and appreciate. She's a treasure in my life and we have many others and even some of you that I'm getting to know. So awesome. Amen. So let the word arise and shine in you. That's what the Bible tells us in Isaiah 61. Arise, shine. Why? For your light has come and the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you. Amen. And then we shine forth the goodness of God and we become those children of the Lord that honestly before others say, I want to leave us with this because this is all I'm hearing the whole time I'm ministering. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. God bless you all. I trust that you got something out of this. Amen. But I do want to pray for us this morning. If you have been in that place that I've ministered around. The fact of those difficulties, those trials, those tests, those temptations that have wanted you to make you just completely quit and step away from what it is that God has for you. I want you to stand this morning. Everybody else, just keep your eyes closed. I just want to pray for us this morning. Amen. And I want to declare the word of the Lord over us. I want to declare that God is your strengthener. He is your helper. He is the one that will see you through. He is the one that will carry you. You know, we, we do laugh at those memes that says, you know, here there were two sets of footsteps. Then there was one. But you see that big ditch over there. That's when I was dragging you. <laughs> I don't want God to drag us. I want us to rest in his everlasting arms. Amen. And allow him to take us into this place of absolute and utter trust in him, victory in him, where we see his hand at work in our lives. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Tessa, I just believe that the Lord says these things too will pass, that you are going to be stepping in to the greater things that the Lord has for you. Amen. Do not allow the enemy to lie to you and do not allow the enemy to pull you away from that which God has ordained. Because the devil will come to show you what is not of the Lord. But the Lord says, I show you what is of me and what is of me will stand. Amen. So let's just lift our hands up to the Lord today, this afternoon. And let's just thank him. Father, I'm just going to pray over all of you because there's a lot of us here today. I'm just going to generally pray over. But you know, the Holy Spirit can touch you right where you are standing. He can come and impart and empower and impact and anoint you and flood you with his presence and flood you with his spirit and strengthen you on the inner man in a way that not even having hands laid on you can. 
So, Father, I just lift each and every one up here today, Father, all of us that are standing. And I thank you, Father, that your word says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, Lord. And, Lord, I declare even this, every tongue that has risen up against us in judgment, we bring it to naught in the name of of Jesus and I thank you father that no matter what the test or the trial as we trust in you father let our faith be firmly rooted in the one who is well able I hear the Lord saying with with man things may seem impossible but God wants you to know with him all things are possible you are only to believe just believe have faith in God. So I thank you today, Father, that we have faith in you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this place. I thank you that you flood each and every one that is standing right now with your presence. I thank you that they will sense the oil of joy, Father God, that they will take these steps towards joy in the trials and the tests, Father God, and they would allow you to work in them that which concerns you, which perfects them in your sight, Father. So I thank you, Lord, for strength to come today. I thank you for revelation that has come today, Father. I thank you for mindsets that have been changed, Lord, and transformed into understanding what it is that you desire to do. Therefore, we don't resist what you are working, Father, but we go with the flow of that which you've ordained in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus and we declare out of our mouths father that we will stand as a testimony before you and before others and I want you all to say this with me right now we will be able to say look what the Lord has done amen God bless you all ladies I love and appreciate you thank you Laureen for having me just been so blessed amen well, we just thank the Lord that He sent you in, Pastor Jerry, here, and we just bless you. And so let's Amen. just pray that blessing over. Father God, if you want to come and join your wife. Amen. Thank you. Do you want to pray a blessing over there? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just thank you, Lord, for this couple, this beautiful couple. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, your blessings are just so blessed them that Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank if there's anyone that needs individual prayer, I'm open to pray okay. for them. Okay, she says that if you need an individual prayer, she'll be glad to pray for you. So we're altar is going to be open. And um, just, uh, we blessed the last one. I don't know where my husband is way in the back. So, But the rest of you continue to um, fellowship and, and, and reverence so that the presence of the Lord is still uh, operating up here by Holy Spirit. And um, have more food if you'd like. For the Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And Merry Christmas. Enjoy your families. Hallelujah.